0: Merry Christmas. So what do you think about this whole in the round thing? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Normally I'm more like a caged animal. So now I can walk around and see everybody because you all thought I was going to be over there. I'm not. I'm over here watching you. You know what I mean? I'm going to be able to see everybody in here. All right, that's good. That's good. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this whole entire theme of 2016 Christmas here at Bridgeway is behold. Now, how many of you were with me during the Being Jesus series? Raise your hand. I mean, it was two and a half years long. It's hard to miss. All right, good. All right. In that series, we kept running into this word behold. Why? Because In the ESV, the word behold shows up 1,111 times. It's the Bible's way of catching our attention. But every time in that series, we would see the word behold, we would say, seriously, check this out. You all remember that? All right. Because what we were trying to do is that if you look through the dictionary, you begin to see that the word behold means to peer more deeply into something. The word behold shows up a lot in the Christmas story. And what I want us to think every time we hear that word is stop what you're doing and look deeper in the very heart of this Christmas season. My message to you is there's something deeper going on even right now that you may or may not be tracking on. And my argument to you is that God is all around you that God is near you, that God, for those of you that have cried out his name, God is within you, that God has been chasing you down with his love since the moment you were knit together in your mother's womb. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a little bit here about the Christmas story, but I don't want us to miss this. I believe that the deeper you look in any aspect of life that is good, anywhere in society that is good, anything from your past that is good, if you look deeper and deeper and deeper, at some point you're going to see the face of Jesus. The, world, the Bible says that all the universe was created by Jesus for jesus and through jesus that means that he is the very fabric of reality so anywhere you go deeper and it's good it's god so let's just dive right into that if you have a bible great you can turn with me if not don't worry about it i'm going to be reading it out loud but we're going to be in luke chapter 1 verse 26 i printed it out on my page here so i can go mobile says this, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary and he said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, behold. That means Mary, stop what you're doing because what I'm about to tell you next is going to flip your life upside down. That there's something deeper here, that Mary, you had plans, you had dreams, you had desires, you had something that you thought was going to occur, and all that is about to be shifted. Now, in the immediate, we're going to find out it causes an awful lot of chaos in our life, but what you're going to see is that deeper, it was the honor of a lifetime. Do not be afraid, Mary... Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be, for I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God." Son of God in the womb. Nobody saw that one coming. Man, if God's going to come to this planet, don't you think it should be pretty sci-fi, right? Don't you think there should be like shattering and moving lights and and it would be some celestial crashing and then all of a sudden he emerges in and nope, he comes in in a way that would have not been tracked by anybody but a few. Why do you think it is that God tends to work in the silent, the secret, and the mysterious? Why do you think it is that when Jesus taught, and he taught a lot, why did he teach in parables? Because I'll tell you, some of those parables are pretty complicated. I mean, you start reading them and you're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. The original, the original audience, they didn't know either. And as a matter of fact, what you find out is that he only told the answer to the parable to those who were closest to him, his disciples. Do you think that was an accident? Or was his whole point that if you really want to know me, you've got to draw near? That was the whole point of parables in the first place. You see, what God's not okay with is arrogance. Arrogance. One thing, if you really want to make God irritated, let's let's be prideful, because when you're talking to God and you're a created being and you're prideful against him, that makes him laugh, right? There's really no point in it. But I would suggest to you that that God would say to us, I am God, you are not. Therefore, what I want from you is humility. What I want from you is to realize I have the solution to your life. You don't just get to pick and choose me. You don't get to just say, oh, God, well, yeah, you're interesting. And then just move on. So he loads things in mystery. And when they're in mystery, if you really want him, you'll look for him. And if you don't care that much, you'll miss him. I would suggest that God is surrounding you and he has been watching you and loving you and caring for you and protective over you all your life. You say, well, I'm, I don't care what the next statement is. You're God's creation that makes you precious. So let me just read a little bit more of this, but, but I think that there's one question I'd like to ask. Where's God in the difficult times? right? Because here's what we normally think. We normally think that if things are going terrible, then God abandoned us, right? Because if God was here, everything would go easy, right? And yet in this story, he comes down and tells a young lady who's approximately 14 years old that her whole life is going to be turned upside down. I can tell you that day was wrecked for her. And the next nine months, and the rest of her life. Right there, you have trouble, you have difficulty, you have chaos, you have challenge, you have struggle, and God was right in the middle of it. Is it possible that God didn't abandon you in the hard times? Is it possible that He drew nearer? Why would God draw nearer in difficult times? You go, well, I couldn't see Him. I didn't say you were tracking on him. I just said he was there. Why would God draw near in difficult times? Because I have my two daughters here in this place. Jill in the front row, Andy in the second row. When they're in trouble, dad draws near. That's what I know. And if I act like that towards my girls, how much is your heavenly father going to act like that towards you? But if you were there, God, you would have stopped the problem right here he started the problem he's the one that came to her mary didn't ask for it she didn't even see it coming she was a part of something far bigger than she ever imagined as a matter of fact when the angel came to her he said you are highly favored oh great well then i don't really want to be favored right i mean if favored means you're going to blow up my world i don't want to be favored but who's in charge I would suggest to you that God wants to move through you, around you, surround you, and in you. And I believe that just because things blow up doesn't mean He ran away. Too many times we think of heaven as super far away right? And, and I get it. I mean, the Bible's kind of guilty of starting this, right? I mean, they're the ones that are talking about how God, Jesus ascended up to the father and he's rising up in the sky. And so we think that there's earth. And then if you take a spaceship, you can get to heaven and it's way out there. What I think is ironic is that when Jesus showed up, one of his first messages to mankind was the kingdom of heaven is here. It's not far away he's right here. He's with you. God created us to be with us. So if he's ever away from us, he's not okay. It's the whole purpose of Jesus Christ coming into the world to get closer to us. Because here's the secret. The secret is he's chasing you down in his love when you don't even know he exists. He initiated the love he loved you before you ever knew he was real. All right. So let's, let's go back to the story. We now have a behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, right? Well, then he has to go talk to Joseph. You know, the story, right? I mean, because Joseph, he had plans too. And one of them was not his fiance got pregnant. Right? That was not his plan. So, in his mind, he's ready to divorce her. He's ready to have everything fall apart and all his dreams die. So, an angel comes and visits him, confirms the miracle birth, tells him to name him Jesus, says he will save his people from their sins. And then it says this Matthew 1 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us God personally with us why would he want to be here it's not like we're super nice and respectful how do I know that because I'm a pastor and I'm kind of a jerk I mean if you if you really look at it there's so much about my life that is all about me I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I pray, my mind automatically wanders to something else. Right? I mean, you're like, oh, I thought it was just me. No! It's all of us. Man, we are so wrapped up in us. Why would God want to be here? It's not like we're just, oh, come to us, Lord. We will be all about you. Man, he like has to crash into our world because we're so self-obsessed. But he came. Why? Because his love wouldn't let him not. You see, God didn't come here because he needed anything from us. He doesn't need anything. He came to bring something. What did he come to bring? Eternal life. What did he come to bring? A connection back with you so that you would be wherever he is. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that you will be where I am because what's his biggest focus we got to be together i didn't make you to be apart i didn't make you to run off and do your own thing i made you to be with me so if you're not with me i'm not okay god with us that's 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 crazy look at this have you ever looked into your past for a moment and tried to see the hand of god and you realized he's been there moving There are some of us, to be honest with you, some of us would not have made it out of the delivery room if it wasn't for the hand of God. There are some of us that have made such poor decisions in our lives that if it was not the restraining hand of God, we would not be here today. What I I want you to see is when you were walking without Him, He was following you to love you. And there's a lot of mystery to that. But I believe that if you listen closely, you'll hear that He's been whispering your name your whole life. When you were little, and I'll tell you this, one of the times that He talks clearest is when the kids are around. Right? The kids have so much more down and organized than the adults have. They know this stuff. When you were young, when you were little, before you got all twisted by the world, God would whisper to you. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't difficult. You engaged with him. And he never stopped. Let me look at this, this verse. So, an angel shows up to the shepherds, right? You know that part of the story? Here's what he said to the shepherds in Luke 2 Fear not, for behold, fear not. Stop what you're doing and listen deeply because I'm about to change your world. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born in this day, the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Once again, Bridgeway, you know the answer to this. What does all mean in Greek? Oh, praise God. Okay, good. What kind of high level here in this church? You know what I'm saying? The good news, what's the good news? The good news is God wants to be with you. That's the good news. The good news is that he's bigger than your sin. The good news is he's bigger than your despair. The good news is he's better and bigger than your depression, your anxiety. The good news is, is that Jesus made a way that you'll be with him forever. Jesus said, I will take your hell and give you my heaven. That's the good news. Is that good news? Yeah, that's good news. Okay, praise God. All right, I didn't know if we were on the same page. To me, that's a big deal. I give you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's not just for the smart. It's not just for the wise. It's not just for the influential. It's not just for the rich. It's for all people. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk to everybody here that is, that is either family or friends or visitors, and you would not necessarily define yourself as a Christian. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you don't really feel like you have a relationship with God. I got a word for you about this verse. Please don't let Christians screw up your walk with God. Here's what I mean. We're weird. Okay, now we're just going to call it as it is, right? I mean, uh, we're kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Sometimes we get so focused on truth, we leave love in the dust. And sometimes we get all obsessed about one part of God, and ignore the whole rest of God. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just because we mess it up doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Just because we say it wrong or convey it wrong doesn't mean he doesn't want to be with you. Please do not allow religion to wreck your walk with God. Amen. I know that you've been told that this you're cast out because of this, 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 this. I need you to understand something very clear. I don't know everything, but I do know this. Everyone in this room are sinners in need of grace. So in other words, we're all in the same boat. There is no haves and have nots. There's no we're better than you. That's all garbage. We all need a Savior. And please don't let the mistaken church ruin your view of God. Let Him talk to you. Let Him reveal Himself to you. Let him open up the scriptures to you. Let him whisper to you in the nighttime. And don't give up on him because we aren't very nice. Because it's good news for all the people. All right, let's keep moving forward. He said, so here's the Savior and he comes as a baby. That's bizarre. He'll be sitting there in little swaddling cloths. Now, I got to just uh, mention this. My wife has a supernatural gift. It's called swaddling babies. And I think I've shared this with you a little bit before, but I find it so fascinating because I was never doing it right. How did I know that? Because she always said, you're not doing it right. <laughs> so it was, it was very clear, very clear to me. Not a lot of discernment needed. Um, because here's the thing, when a little baby is in the womb, they're all super tight in there, right? So they're all mushed together. And then all of a sudden they come out in the world and they're like, I don't know what to do with my hands. They're just, you know, they have this kind of floating around. And so sometimes it freaks them out. So what you end up doing is you put them in a little blanket. I call them little burrito babies where you just tie them all up. And then you wrap them really, really tight and they go, ah, feels like the womb. Okay, well, my, my wife had the supernatural gift of wrapping them so tight that they would instantly go to sleep. I'm like, honey, they're not breathing. That's why they're going to sleep. But she just did it right. Can you imagine wrapped up in that little bundle of joy is the Savior of the world? That's not what you thought. How many of us keep missing Jesus because He's never coming like we assume? We never, we'll never assume He's in that. We'll never assume He's in our problems. We'll never assume that He's in our joys. We'll never assume, right? We have all these assumptions on how God's supposed to be, but if He doesn't go that way, we think He's missing. Maybe we're not looking deep enough maybe we need to look again 1 Corinthians 3:16 you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you who's he talking about believers people that have said Jesus i need you rescue me for anyone that has said that the bible says that you are given the right to become sons and daughters of God if you are a believer in Jesus Christ The Bible says the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, Jesus dwells in you. Did you know that? Here's where the kids get it right again. If I ask any of the kids, are you a Christian? They're all going to go, yeah. And you go, well, how do you know that? They're going to go, well, I asked Jesus into my heart. Why do we all make it so complicated? The kids got it right. We're like, well, I don't know technically how we can fit in there because I have arterial sclerosis. And, you know, we have all these different, I have congenital heart failure and Jesus would never be in there. Okay, stop. Quit making it so complicated. The Bible says that when you invite God in, he spiritually dwells within you. That means you should be seeing the image of Jesus emerging in the mirror. And if he's not emerging in the mirror, I need to ask you, why not? Why are you not letting him emerge in the mirror? Because what the Bible says is the minute he comes in you, he begins a good work that he will be faithful to complete. Now you can look around and notice most of us still have a lot of work to do, right? God's just gotten started, right? He has a whole lot of chiseling away to make his image, but he's getting there. I would hope that every year you look in the mirror, you begin to see the image of Jesus coming out. Why? The reason this is so important is we can't live in a place where we feel like God is far away. He's not. He is within you. He's everywhere you go. The Bible calls you a mobile temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means wherever you go, God is that means when you cry out you don't have to try to make sure to get his attention he's already on the line in 1 Corinthians 12:27 it says that we are the body of Christ one of the reasons we put this in the round when we talked about the concept of behold was so you could see the face of Jesus across the way how do we know this Because the church, and that's where you're at, the church collectively shows you the face of God. As you look across the way, you're seeing Jesus. Behold, He is right in front of you. Now, I'm a big fan, uh, and I've mentioned this to you before, I'm a big fan of jigsaw puzzles as a matter of fact um i have a little bit of time coming up that i'm gonna have a break and and i'm gonna go get another puzzle because i just finished the thousand piece puzzle i just did the other day i love puzzles and the way it works is that you got all these little pieces and collectively when you put them together an image appears that's church we show jesus in our diversity coming together in unity I'm gonna suggest to you that the world is never gonna see Jesus as long as we remain divided. Do you understand what I'm saying? What happens is, each and every piece, your piece isn't supposed to look like my piece. You don't need two of the same pieces in a puzzle. That's ridiculous. That's redundancy. You would throw that piece out. So every little piece is slightly different and it connects to this piece that connects to this piece that connects to that piece and all of a sudden the face of Jesus shows up. All of his beauty he took and sprinkled it out amongst his children. And he said, come together. And when you come together, I can look across and I see the face of Jesus. You know, this is one of the things that I am both in love with and i'm frustrated by here's why because the primary way that god interacts with us today is through his holy spirit right but in what mode usually it's through one another here's what i want what i want is god to come to me bodily speak to me audibly and affirm me as his son and he has not yet done that right He's not yet done that. And I still say, God, I don't trust people. I want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from your lips. I want to see it in your eyes. And yet all the while he has a parade of my brothers and sisters coming through my life and telling me that God loves me, that I'm precious in his sight and that I matter. And I'm still waiting for him to talk. I need to encourage you that the face of Jesus, when He wants to give you a hug, it's going to come through one of us. When He has a word for you, it'll probably come through one of us. And I know you want to ignore us and just go direct to God, but that's not how He wants it to work. He wants us to get together and He forces His kids to hang out together and He forces His kids to get along. And that blesses His heart. Romans 10.8 The word is near you that's jesus he's not far away if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved you are in the presence of god right now now there are different personalities in this room right One of the big things we need to learn is that God moves through us through our personalities. Some of us are feelers. Some of us are thinkers. And the feelers get into an environment like this where it's uber rich with the Holy Spirit. How do we know it's rich? Because y'all came in with him. So we got a big jammed up Holy Spirit time right now. Because he's all dwelling in you, right? And some of the feelers, they get into an environment like this. They're listening to the word of God. They're locked into the worship. They're having fellowship. And they say, man, do you feel that? Do you feel the Holy Spirit? I mean, it's like electricity in the room. And all the rest of the thinkers go, "Mm, no. (laughs) Why? Because we're all individual and unique and different. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from ourselves. You name something to me that is a bigger adversary to us than ourselves. Really? Has other people been making all the poor decisions in our lives or is it us? Right? Is it really us that condemn ourselves? Or is it other people always telling us that we're not worthy? I think it's our own minds that keep going over and over and over telling us that we're not worthy. I think we're our biggest problem and I think Jesus wants to save us from ourselves. What we need is a new life. What we need is a new heart. What we need is a new connection with God. The Bible says that if you allow Jesus, he'll take you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we need that, do we not? If you believe in your heart that He is raised from the dead, if you confess with your mouth that He is in charge and that you need a Savior, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. So what are we to do in this environment? Behold. Look deeper. God is here. What do we do in this atmosphere? Whatever God wants us to do. Jake, can you come on up here as we close out? We're going to pray a little bit. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you need a new relationship with God? I know a lot of you have a relationship with God, but not all of us do. And I would hope that this Christmas you would open up the most important free gift God ever slid on your doorstep. And that was forgiveness. And that was grace. That was kindness. And that was His love. That was His attention. That was His affirmation. That was His approval. That was Him dying on the cross for our sins. That was the culmination of his love. And he slides it over to you and he says, I'm not giving you this present because you deserve it. I'm giving you this present because I love you so much. Yeah, but I, it doesn't matter what you're about to say next. I put the present on your doorstep. Are you going to open it? Because everyone in this room, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, everyone watching it on live stream, everyone everywhere, here is God's heart for you. The Bible says it is God's will that none shall perish, but all have eternal life. Therefore, no one must leave this message without a connection with their God. Notice I didn't get into the whole thing of, and then you've got to be a member of this church, and then you got to do that. I'm not putting any of that other garbage on it. Here's what I'm telling you. God loves you. Respond to Him. How's that going to look? I have no idea for you. I know it's all about Jesus. I know that part. I know that He's the only way. I know that you got to ultimately own up to who you are and, and give control over to Him. I know that. Are you ready to do that? Here's what we're going to do. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? This is kind of a personal thing. This isn't a thing about everybody else. This is between you and God. If you, in this moment, in this God-rich moment, if you know that God has whispered your name and He's calling you and saying, Honey, I've been with you your whole life. You just got to see me. Or, my son, I'm the one that has gifted you to do all those things. If you're the one that he has to say, my child, I have to have you with me. If God is whispering to you right now and you know I need Jesus, I need to be rescued, I need to be saved. I need to be whole. I need to be healthy. If that is you, I need you to slip your hand up into the air. Raise your hand. Right? Yep. Who else? Yep. Once again, the kids get it. And all of you adults, I need you to just keep your hand up for a moment. I'm going to pray with you. Jesus, we raise our hands as a sign of surrender. We raise our hands saying, Rescue me, Lord. Just like when we were little, we used to lift up our hands and want to get picked up and held close. We raise our hands right now and we say, Jesus, we are yours. We don't know what it means. All we know is that you're our answer and our solution. God, we want a new heart. We want to be free. We want to be forgiven. We know we need you, Jesus. We own the fact of who we are. And we know we don't have a plan forever after. We don't even have a plan for today. So Jesus, would you rescue us? You said that everyone that calls on your name would be rescued. We raise our hands to you right here and right now to start a new life. That we would be awakened in new life. And we ask this in the powerful and precious name of Jesus. You can put your hands down. For everyone else, if you would allow me, I just want to pray a blessing over you this Christmas. Just as the pastoral figure in the room, it's not that I have any ability, it's that God has said, just call out to me and I'll respond. So let me just pray a covering over you. Holy Spirit, you are here. And we pray right now, Father, that You would download Your love tangibly to Your people. That, God, there would be no one in this room that does not feel embraced by You. Lord, we come against loneliness in the name of Jesus. These seasons can be so hard. And it gets our eyes off what is true. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus... I pray against depression and anxiety and I say, Lord, set us free right here, right now. And God, there are some of us that are under the weather, some of us that are having a hard time focusing because our bodies ache. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you release your healing in this room? And just begin to knit us back together little by little. And Father, there's some of us that need reconciliation with members of our family. Lord, it's hard, to, it's hard to focus on You when we're mad at our own siblings or our parents or our kids or someone that hurt us. And so right now, we ask that Your love would come in so strong that we would feel so affirmed and built up and so forgiven that it would be easy to extend that forgiveness to somebody else. And we would be set free. God, I pray right now for all of us that are wounded in any other way emotionally. God, begin to knit us together from the deepest place on out that this Christmas season would be celebrating all that You do and have done transform us today. In your precious name we pray. Amen.